0: Alex Magleby here, CEO and co-founder of the New England Free Jacks, and you're watching The Jacks Rangers Show. Huzzah, friends. Let's ride.
1: Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at The Jacks Rangers Show, presented by belong American Hard Cider. What an amazing comeback win for our Free Jacks at home at Fort Quincy. We will get into it after the intro music. Kick that MFN mule, baby. Let's get it. Woo! Rangers, welcome to episode 35, Après la victory. très bon, ça va, ça va bien. So that's all the French that we're going to be having in this episode. But this is after the victory, so of course we had après ski for the actual theme of the excellent game, and this is just an extension of that après la victory Apparently, 3,000 people in attendance, which is fantastic. What a great crowd, great atmosphere. The Rangers are a family man. I just wanted to go over this real quick. You know, I had a not great experience in the in the first home game of the season. I was kind of in my own head a little bit too much, and in a bad mood and so many people came over and um, just checking on me seeing how I was this time around and it really does feel like a family the rangers out there so just wanted to get into of course this episode and every episode is now brought to you by uh, Storm Along American Hard Cider real craft hard cider made in Massachusetts all of their ciders are made with 100% high quality fresh pressed locally sourced apples taste the Storm Along difference and get your hands on some today use promo Code TJRS for 10% off your first online order at their website, which is stormalong.com, or check out their locator on that website to find a retailer near you. So, if you're in the New England area, there are retailers in your specific state. They might not be close to you, though. So, if that is the case, go over to the website stormalong.com and use promo code TJRS for 10% off your first online order. They will ship it to you. A lot of people had uh, Unfiltered at the game in their hand. In fact, I heard they sold out of Storm Along Unfiltered. I had two of those and I was set, man. They are so good. I'm more of a sweet cider fan myself. So if you're along those lines or you have never tried cider before, start out with Mass Appeal or Unfiltered. That would be my recommendation. But yeah, respect the apple. That's their motto. And their ciders are always made once again, from 100% high-quality, fresh-pressed, locally-sourced apples from orchards across New England. So they're a New England company, guys. I'm super happy to partner up with them. But uh, on this episode, we've got three little segments here. Bozo six picks is coming up first with, of course, his rapid reactions of round number nine. And looking ahead to round number 10, he will be giving his predictions. So far, Bozo's been killing it, guys. If you haven't noticed, last week he was 5-0 and and did pretty good this week as well. Not too bad. Then we we'll have the Outrider segment with the triumphant return of our brother, David McVeigh, Dave, Big Brain Dave, Diamond Dave, Outrider Dave, and Yeti Poet Dave is back once again in the hot seat in the Outrider segment. And then, guys, we have a mystery guest. They said it couldn't be done. In fact, they said it shouldn't be done, but we have done it here on the Jacks Ranger Show presented by Storm Along. This mystery guest, you're not going to recognize the voice, but you're going to recognize the face. And we're super excited to have him on keep in mind that we've got seattle this week guys a very dangerous team that will be coming across the country to fort quincy to visit us there we'll see how it all shakes out let's get right into the episode here first up bozo six right here on the jack's ranger show presented by storm along let's get it baby saddle up let's ride woo huzzah rangers this is phil harris again here at the jack's ranger show welcome to bozo's six picks we've got bozo with us here chris lynn how the hell are you my brother
2: I'm feeling 11-0, two weeks undefeated. How we doing?
1: Pretty good. I'm feeling very blonde right now. So you guys are going to hear a segment a little bit later on in the podcast where I'm talking about our charity drive. We're really making a push right now where we've surpassed $500, which means I had to bleach my hair. And, geez, it is bleached. I look like Edward Cohen's uh, cousin from Appalachia right now. That's what I look like. So I know. I think you look heroic. Thank I like you. It. I appreciate that. I don't
2: know why I'm choosing that adjective, but it looks very heroic. God you bless you. like you're, I don't know, you're about to storm something. Yeah, exactly. Somewhere. You're going yeah. to war.
1: It's great, man. Uh, you can also see that I'm blending in here on the green screen. I'm wearing my Irish Heritage uh, Free Jacks jersey, but uh, you know I've got the green screen behind me. So we're, well, we're having a lot of fun here, Chris. Um, let me go ahead and share my screen here.
2: I don't have the same problems. My background is my lovely, overcrowded basement. That's true. Yep, that's yep, true. For all, all fans right, to I enjoy. Think... Yes. Yeah, here we go. So let's, get, are... let's get into
1: uh, my eleven and zero. I'm I'm loving it. Let's do it. Let's talk about it with the results from round number nine. Take it away, bro, Bozo. Actually, before we do that, again, almost forgetting our buddies from Storm along here. Unfiltered. We both have a little bit of unfiltered here. I'm going to crack mine open. So, guys, I've yep. suggested this in previous episodes. Um, If you're a little bit shy with um, ciders or your preference is not the dry ones, I would highly recommend the unfiltered. And they've got a cool little scale here to kind of give you an understanding of where it stands in terms of taste. And this is between medium sweet and medium dry. Pretty perfect um, area there for folks. What do you think about it, Bozo?
2: Love me some unfiltered. Um, It's a great cider. It's definitely delicious. This is what you can pick up actually at Fort Quincy. Yes. It's the only cider uh, available. Just like the shout out all the fans. Thank you. Storm Along Cider sold out at last weekend's match. They're going to have to up. They're going to have to up the quantity that they send. They're going to have to up their game. Yep. I don't know what it, whether it was like a little bit of like tentative. Like, we don't know if we're going to sell a lot of cider. We don't know what's going to go on. Um, don't know if there was any of that going on. But either way, thank you to all the fans for. Storming right along with the free
1: jacks. I saw a lot of storm along in people's hands. uh, And, you know, as I was walking past people and stuff like that, they would hold it up and say, Hey, man, I was like, Yeah, this is cool. So it has that apple taste at the finish there. It really has that apple juice type of taste. And it's so delicious. I'm so glad that um, I I grabbed this one from out of the fridge. We got a bunch of different varieties that we'll show and highlight on the show and whatnot. But uh, (laughs) let's get right into the results. Uh, take it away, Bozo. I am ready. We will start
2: with the latest result from the weekend, which was the Jabronis versus the Sabercats. Okay, so I picked the Jabronis to win, not going to lie, but I didn't think they'd win like this, 43-5. to five. Um, I thought we had the surging Sabercats there for a second, but um Yeah. Don't know what happened. Didn't watch the match. It wasn't on the rugby network. And I didn't, I don't like pay for cable or any of that stuff at my TV. I'm like streaming service type of guy. So I didn't actually get to watch any of the match, but the scoreline completely blew me away. Had wow. Just shocked at 43 to five. I thought Houston was a little bit better than that, but uh, the jabronis are back in a big way after taking their shellackings from the East. They're back to dominate the the lowly West. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's We're, a great way to look at it for sure.
2: Yeah, and then we got another match. Um, I wasn't so surprised, but 47-7, the Gilweenies over the Jackals. I watched most of this one. Hmm. Man, the Jackals are really suffering a lot from um just everything, man.
1: Yeah, where again. No
2: where I, I, yeah. I don't really want to add to their woes. I will talk less about them. because um, you know, we don't want to. I want to punch down too much, even though punching down seems to be my thing. I will yeah. uh, I will focus on what's more worrisome to me because I, we don't play the Jackals this year. Um, I don't really care. We're not going to see them. Um, I care about Los Angeles. They're the only loss on our record. And the win over the Free Jacks seems to be the turning point in their season. They are on the up. I've said it. Um, previous shows. I will repeat it. I will double down. I will triple down. I will go all the way in. I believe the guiltinis are back and they're going to take the West by storm. This was game one of a three game homestand. They've got New Jersey next week, I believe. Um, yeah. Watch out because they're coming back. All the injury woes are coming back and and they haven't peaked yet. So yikes. Watch out for the weenies.
1: You know what? Um, the Weenies, the Gil Weenies, I actually picked them in the Scrum of the Earth podcast to face us in the Shield. So that, that pick's actually looking pretty good right now, unfortunately. It is. Let's it move, is. let's yep. storm right along to the next one here. Yeah. This was a close game, surprising close game.
2: Yeah, a rejuvenated old glory DC or Washington, as mm. they called it in the game. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that was about. Mike Petrie was on his game, he was calling him DC. The other guy, I don't know what his problem was. He switched over about three quarters of the way through the match. But listen, I mean, DC went down quick, 14 to nothing. I thought this one was going to be a blowout in Hoboken. I was like, well, again, I was watching this one earlier on. This was was the first Sunday match. And yikes, dude, all of a sudden, the wheels started to come off in New York. And this one became a slugfest. It was tit for tat. It was this for that. It was tomato, tomato. They were going blow for blow with uh, New Jersey. I don't know whether to be panicked in New Jersey or optimistic because DC might be back with the new coach. Yeah, Nate Osborne Osborne is
1: a a fantastic coach that Nola let go right before the start of the season. He built that program up, and Nola uh, almost made the playoffs last year. Was two points off of that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to make make of this. Is DC, you know, trying to have some sort of resurgence in the second half of the season, or is New Jersey just not very good, um, not as good as Build? I guess I should say because you know we were talking about them like they've gotten better as as good as good as the free Jacks or as well as the free Jacks, but um, who knows what to think of New Jersey right now. They almost lost that one at home again. Um, uh, You know, that would have been two weeks in a row. So down there, listen,
2: two two conversions in the from the corner credit to them. They forced DC to score in the corner, Mm -hmm. which forced the difficult conversions. But my, my goodness, they were just two conversions was the difference between the sides. They scored the same amount of tries. I mean, yeah. If I'm a New York or a New Jersey fan, if I'm a semifinalist guy, if I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrara,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I'm worried. Um, as a free Jacks fan, I can only just say we still have to play DC. I think one more time. And I'm just worried about them playing kind of spoiler at this mm-hmm. point. Cause obviously I don't think they, I think they're already like mathematically eliminated.
1: I wouldn't can be surprised. Yeah. That sounds yeah. Uh,
2: they, they get another point on the, on the table though. Credit to them. Uh, now they are my now running favorite in a couple of weeks time. They'll be playing the Dallas Jackals for the, yeah. Hopefully they're still both still winless. Uh, I'm picking DC in that one now because they are resurgent. And then we have our new England free Jacks versus the Nola gold. I'm sure this one will be covered in later segments. Uh, Dave, big, big, big brain. Dave is back. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he's recovered from illness. So I I feel pretty confident in saying that it's not going to be me this time (laughs) at the time of this recording, uh, maybe subject to change. Um, I was at the match. It was my first match at Fort Quincy. A lot of Plymouth State alumni there, myself included, to support our guy Cam. Took down the man-of-the-match laudits from, from them. Uh, we don't know about the show yet. Probably going to follow suit with the show. Just a, That's my bold prediction. Um, those will be covered later. Uh, it was a really great day, uh, fantastic day for rugby out there in Quincy. This one was just a little bit too close for comfort. I, I don't know what happened in the second half, 24 unanswered points was really scary there for a minute and if not for a wildly forward pass uh, yeah we could have been looking at a loss um but you know we covered this in previous segments too. Phil, like great teams find a way to win mm-hmm. great teams just win and then they it's something about there's there's all sorts of weird quotes you can get into about they're not lucky they earn their luck or, or whatever mm-hmm. i don't know it was a great win I was feeling it hanging out with the storm along crew. Good win for us. Super psyched.
1: Yeah, man. I'm I'm so glad that you were able to experience Fort Quincy finally in person there. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. It was a great time as always uh, at Fort Quincy. Super excited for the upcoming game against Seattle there this coming weekend, but let's move the storm right along. Excuse me to the next game here.
2: Yeah. So, this one was disappointment for Toronto. Mm -hmm. What was it? 1,035 days. I'm not sure the exact count Uh, fact check me on that one. Uh, Facebook, somebody Uh get on me, put a, put a warning on there that I could be wrong, but it was a, a thousand something days that since Toronto had been at York Lions stadium, And they hosted uh, their former host, Rugby ATL, in the Fire and Ice Cup. And they go down in a close one, 20 Mm -hmm. to 14. But I've been saying this. I've been on my Toronto Arrows, man. I've been on there. I've been on to them. They just don't have firepower. But they play great defense. And uh, that kind of showed in this match. There was a couple of, you know, let's just say questionable refereeing decisions that that the Toronto fans have been chirping about uh, Mm -hmm. since Mm -hmm. yesterday. Time of filming is now Sunday night. They've been chirping all day today. I've been getting into the banter with them back and forth, uh, mostly supporting them. But yeah, a tough loss at home. That kind of stinks. I still think so. In the East, I just see as like NOLA and Toronto at this point, I think they're almost relegated to kind of spoiler status. They could upset that top three of New Jersey, ourselves, and Atlanta in some way. And I just hope that it's not us. I hope it's Mm -hmm. the other teams. So.
1: I'll tell you what, kudos to Atlanta for going up there and facing that atmosphere for Toronto, not having any home games in over a 1,000 days or whatever it is. Um, to go up there and get a win, snatch a win away from them, is very impressive regardless of the, the situation. But, uh, yeah, I'm super impressed with Atlanta as always. I mean, they gave us everything that we could take, you know, let's say 50, 60 minutes into that game, and then the wheels kind of fell off for them last week. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're dangerous for sure.
2: Yeah yep we'll, well we'll be seeing both those sides again mm-hmm. uh i think there'll be good matches to both of them so look forward to those all right look and forward and for the to last Free week? jacks wins i think we'll still beat them but you know we'll see we'll get yeah. we'll cross that bridge when we get there one Amen. game at a time right exactly and then to start us off on april fool's day uh way back on friday if you can believe it my goodness was the utah warriors versus san Diego. san Diego um i only caught a little bit of this match i was super tired it was on late at night so i was kind of just like you know i'm a nine o'clock go to bed kind of guy so All right 10 o'clock start eastern i uh you know i kept my eyes open for the first 15 minutes um not surprised by the result uh 40 25 um san diego sandiago san diego. You know, take, takes takes the win in harriman I mean, like I said, when the when the bounce when the bounce of the ball and the flick of the pass goes Utah away, they're going to put a lot of points on the board. Uh, but mm-hmm. they're also going to leave a lot of points on the board, and and that's mm-hmm. just the way they go. They uh, they live by the firepower and they die by the firepower. And in this one, they went down by 15, and and they ultimately lose to Santiago Legion. And so the West is still pretty uh, still pretty hot, man. It's anybody's game out there. I but I, again, I'll, I'll just repeat it. I think that the Gilweenies are going to pull up front of everybody. Mm-hmm and who knows who the other two will be
1: i think it could be a dogfight between san diego and austin for that uh, yeah. the second spot i'm hoping seattle can get things together and and be the third team there but we'll have to see about that obviously they're hopefully they're not going to beat us uh, at home this coming week i was going to say
2: i don't think we're going to help them in that endeavor. right let's <laughs> hope in not round yeah. 10.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one for sure. Um, let's talk about the upcoming games in round 10, as you're alluding to here, and I'll let you go here with the first one starting out.
2: All right, well, we're storming right along in round 10. Here storming right along. We got OGDC versus Toronto Arrows. Now, if he had asked me last week, I would have been like, hey, another <laughs> it's another bye week for Toronto. They would have been all good. Yeah. Um, dude, this one's got me nervous. I got to be uh-huh. honest with you, I'm shook. I don't know which way to pick. It was, uh, you know, obviously, so these two teams, interestingly, are the last two opponents for New Jersey. So they've got that common opponent and very close together, right? And so Toronto barely edged them out by Andrew Quattro, Quattro, Quatrin, whatever you want, it depends <laughs> yeah. on what broadcast you're listening to. Yep. He didn't care. and He took the arrows by foe. He put, a, put the team on his back, um, uh, kind of like a Greg Jennings, if you know what I'm talking about, if you know, you know. Squatcher and put the team on his back um i don't know this one's a pick em. i'm just gonna take the arrows because dc hasn't been able to string together a wing a win sorry um I, i'm taking the arrows because they're at home again so the arrows take this one they they write the ship of losing at home and they, and they down oh glory dc sorry red white and blue brothers the <laughs> on the table.
1: you know what <laughs> I want them to stay winless until that uh, Dallas game. So I'm okay with this pick for sure. Let's skip over ours and then jump down to the goal mine. Fool's goal. Yeah. so
2: Noah Gold still, still winless at home, but man, what an impressive second half uh, for 20 minutes of rugby against our free Jacks. They're super dangerous, Phil, Atlanta, not looking impressive. You know, the wheels fell off Atlanta, uh, down at the snake pit against us. Mm-hmm. They go up mm-hmm. and play a tight encounter, very tense encounter, which a lot of people will say, mostly those in Canada, say it's heavily influenced by the
1: referees. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... Hmm, does and, Nola and by the way, their, this is a yeah, sneaky go. rivalry that people don't talk about, right? These are the two Southern... Teams, you know, if you're not counting Houston, which is southernish culture, these two teams are like holding the banter of the southern teams. So th- these team two teams do not like each other. As uh, Rob the Hammer Hammer pointed out, Nola stands for No One Likes Atlanta. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yo,
2: I love it. I listened to that. I I remember him saying that. Yep, that was pretty awesome. Um, I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna take the surprise. Nola gets their first win at home, and they knock off the Rattlers. Wow! I think Atlanta's wounded. I don't know that they're playing their best, their best ball, uh, or maybe it's just them getting exposed because now they're finally not playing DC twice mm-hmm. in a row and getting ten points on the table and looking dominant. Right. Sorry, I just had to throw that one out there. No, you're so good, man. So let, let's let's go to Nola at home. I, I like that. I like that.
1: Fair enough. That'll be their first home win of the season. They're road warriors for sure. Um, and by the way, I, I thought my uh, green screen was about to just collapse in on itself, but only uh, part of it is falling over here. So um, <laughs> pretty typical for this green screen. I think I bought it for like 40 bucks on Amazon. And it's the, literally the worst part of doing this podcast is having to deal with this green screen. So uh, storming right along here. Yeah.
2: Hold on. I want to, I want to, I do want to say the final thing that I'll say about the NOLA gold is they looked very, um, very dissatisfied with themselves coming off the field. Mm-hmm. So I think a fire in their belly has been lit. I don't think that they were very happy with the way they finished the matchup in Quincy. I feel like they if if you're if we were in their seat, we would be feeling like we let one get away. So I think they're going to be coming out firing against ATL. So yeah. And then wow the two big losers from from round nine go head to head in Houston, the Dallas Jackals versus the Houston Sabercats. Yeah, I'd like to say that this one would be a match based on the score lines from round nine, but no, nope, sorry, it's not a match. Houston by a million. Uh, Dallas looked tired. Dallas looked beat down. Um, they had a lot of new players on loan coming into the system trying to, you know, and if you're playing a certain type of system with a certain type of calls and all that other stuff, I get it, you're a pro, but it's just going to take a lot of, you know, rugby I feel like is a, is a sport much like, it, it, it uh banks on the relationship like in pro football between the quarterback and his receiving core. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they got to play, they got to get each other field out for a little yeah. while. They that gotta chemistry has it. to
1: be built up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
2: And, 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 you know, unfortunately for Dallas with all the injuries that they've taken and I just, yeah, I don't see them getting over the line. Um, they did play a close match last time they played. Um, but I, I think that Houston you know, that was a different Dallas team that had the players that didn't get injured in the, in the whole bar debacle. So mm-hmm. yeah, Houston, Houston will take that one. So yeah.
1: You know, tough luck for Dallas. Dallas with that injury situation, but uh, yeah, they continue to be winless. I, I, I think that's a solid pick for sure.
2: Yeah. Well, it's not hard to pick against Dallas, I suppose. For sure. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> absolutely. So this one, I, another pick of San Diego
1: versus mm-hmm. the jabronis. Yep. Mm. In San uh, Diego we, as well. So gotta yeah, keep that in mind.
2: have they played already? I believe they've played already. Correct.
1: I don't recall, but keep in mind that, uh, that where they play is actually the top of a sports, uh, or excuse me, a parking deck. Did you know that yeah. it's like literally that, uh, oh, it's wild. Yeah.
2: It's the top floor of the parking deck.
1: Yes. Insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's, so California. It's it's very tough out there for them right now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Forgive me uh, listeners of the podcast. I didn't do enough homework to see. I'm pretty sure these, these sides have played uh, once before. I believe the AGs took it last time. If I'm correct, Um, this is out West. Um, I'm going to take San Diego at home. I'm going to, I'm going to back the Legion. They've been playing pretty good rugby. Uh, The jabronis have been pretty wounded. They obviously beat down on a on a Houston team that is probably their best prospects are just playing, you know, season spoiler for other sides at this point. They're not going to be a playoff team. Uh, But this will be an interesting encounter between a potential number two and number three. But Mm -hmm. who's number two, who's number three? We don't know. Yep. Um, And so this is going to probably set the stage for who's going to play the weenies. In the in the Western Finals, to be honest, it's so. a great
1: way to look at it, Bozo. I think you're pretty much nailed that. Uh, uh excuse me. Hit the nail on the head there. Sorry, the bleach has yeah. absorbed into my brain. I can't think tonight. Um, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. And then our yeah, wow. Do I have to?
2: Do I have to pick this one? Yes. Dang it! I don't want to pick this one. It's the Los Angeles Wheaties versus the Hoboken semifinalists. Um, Hoboken is flying out. They're finally not playing at home. Uh, They're going to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum where the Gil are coming off a bye week basically because they just beat the hell out of the Dallas Jackals in round nine. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, the, the Giltini's playing the Jackals in round nine was kind of tantamount to playing like Hey, we're going to put out this second side and the first side is going to play them with subs in a serious encounter just so the coaching staff can kind of get a look. So play your heart out, you know what I mean? Play hard and we'll, and we'll evaluate you. That's pretty much what you were seeing with the Giltinis versus the Jackals. So they're kind of well drilled. Um they've got some confidence behind them. I believe they're on a four four game win streak. Uh, sounds I right. Think that that sounds right. Um and again, this is their this is their middle match in their three game homestand, mm-hmm. um, and New York has looked super vulnerable. I mean, they lo- they dropped it at home to Toronto and barely survived bottom dwellers DC. Yep. Because if you just look at straight points on the table, DC is 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 the worst team in the league, yep. Eastern or Western Conference. They only had one point on the table and they barely survived them at home. I mean, we could maybe write it off a little bit if they're at Cigar Field, sort of, right? But yikes dude so i'm gonna take the the guillotinis by it, by a couple tries here i think new york is also a wounded side and and maybe we're starting to see this this turn of the corner in the second half of the season right even our free jacks are a little banged up so yeah that's true. starting to see the depth of the of the side start to show and we're kind of entering almost like a whole new season that's how i'm viewing it we so a great, we great in the it. first half
1: but we got to finish I agree, man. I I wish both of these teams could lose, but that's just not going to be a possibility. If they drew, that would be hilarious. But um, it's going to be tough for New Jersey to fly all the way across the country after that performance that they put on against D.C. that looked, uh, you know, not great um, great, against uh, a, a team that is in form right now in L.A. and is looking to storm. Uh, forward into the Western Conference there so yeah um, it would be beneficial for LA to win that one too even though we hate to say that but against New Jersey if they drop a uh, one and we win our game you know that just helps us tremendously obviously in the standings overall so let's move on further up here to the game that we skipped over our New England Free Jacks at Fort Quincy against the Seattle Seawolves what's your pick on this one?
2: Yeah, so obviously I'm, I'm gonna back the Free Jacks on this one. I don't think anybody's really that tough out of the West, but what the the thing that I will say is Seattle is dangerous. They're mm-hmm. not a terrible side. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if we play like we played in that 20 minutes against Nola, we're gonna get we're gonna get beasted. You know, mm-hmm. Hadding looms. their number eight. He's very yes. good. Yeah. Um, his name eludes me, but their number 12 is also very good. Um, uh, Ross Neal no okay no he's a he's got an islander type name okay yeah i'm sorry i didn't do my homework for this one i should have i should have come up with that but uh either way uh he's very good and and they're they're a decent side um and we're kind of i kind of put them on the same level of nola because when they actually when those two sides played each other in seattle um, it was a very close match that Nola barely pipped them on. So, like, I kind of put them right on the same level of that, where they're good enough where they can, dude, they can spoil your breakfast. They'll poop right in your cereal and ruin <laughs> your day, man. Um, you know, uh, they really what a, will. What a visual um, that so, is. That's almost <laughs> yeah.
1: that's almost as bad as me, like just my head floating here through uh, this this uh, <laughs> this segment here
2: yeah yeah you didn't like the poop in the cereal reference that was that was pretty rough it's pretty garbage anyway hey you can't always win i'm 11 and 0 that's true break. i spent i spent i spent all my uh i spent all my good uh good will and good fortune praying to the pagan gods on on that one (laughs) um but anyway you know i i think the free jacks are clear them by at least 10 points that that's what i'll put out there i won't make an actual score prediction i think free jacks by at least 10 um, you know, also cause it's, it, it's gotta be tough on these guys to come across all the way across the country, mm-hmm. but Seattle is still, is still a dangerous side and we can't let down on that because if we, if we play like we did in that, you know, I don't know first 20 minutes of the second half against NOLA, yep. we can find ourselves in trouble. Um, I, so agree. I just hope we jump on them. I hope we jump on them early, just like we did with NOLA yep. only this time. I hope we kind of just stomp them out
1: and that's it. I agree, man. This is the thing that I'm worried about with the Free Jacks, and we'll get more into it in in later segments here, of course. But um, this team's a little bit banged up right now. Um, we've got some players that we know that are injured. Um, some that we're speculating will not be playing in this upcoming game. So um it's gonna take a lot. You know, this is the free jacks look like a team that needs a bye week, and it's not coming this week, unfortunately, it's next week. So we've got one more opponent, they're flying all the way across the country uh to come play us, and they're a dangerous team, you know. Um, Hatting is probably the best forward in all of major league rugby right now. Guys having an absolute amazing campaign in major league rugby. So we'll have to see what happens, but of course, um, Bozo, I appreciate you coming on here. Any final thoughts for round number 10?
2: Yeah, my final thoughts is just back to boys. They they need that hometown support. Right. Hopefully, we have some beautiful weather this weekend. Get out there. Um, home field advantage is a thing, especially mm-hmm. for us, like mm-hmm. where we actually fill our stadium to yeah. some, you know, and we're not in this giant, way oversized stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to boys because they're gonna um, man of the match from uh, a free jack's perspective cam davidowitz said it himself in his post-match interview he said hey i'm feeding off of that so they can definitely hear us they can feel our passion that's right you got to get out there you got to give them that next little lift to get over the line beat seattle rest up hang out have a good one and then we'll come back after the break and continue to smash in the second half of mlr 2022
1: Yes, sir. Uh, Guys, don't forget your kilt. Make sure you're kilted up uh, for the game. And also don't forget your uniform, uh, your unicorn um, merchandise as well. So make sure you got that stuff on Uh, and we'll see you there. I got one word for you to get out of here in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. Woo! Woo! Huzzah Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jack's Ranger show. I am joined once again, a triumphant return for our brother, David. (laughs) Dave, how the hell are you? I am doing fantastic, feeling much better and happy to be back. Um,
0: Yeah, a lot to talk about this week. Looking forward to it.
1: I will say that Bozo is 11-0 right now with his picks. He did a a very admirable job filling in for you. I mean, it's a tough job, obviously, but he did a pretty good job. I know there was a lot of people asking, you know, what's happening with Dave? Uh, Is he getting better? So uh, happy to report that Dave is much better. He's actually grown a unicorn horn on his head, so that's nice.
0: (laughs) That's true. Yeah, just woke up with it.
1: Yeah, it looks great. Thanks. (laughs) You're welcome. So uh, let's talk about Free Jacks News. It's been a while um, where we've been able to cover some Free Jacks News because we do this so early in the week, but there's some stuff that's happened since the last time you were here with us that has taken place. So the first thing is the big name signing, right? So we heard from weeks and weeks ago from our buddy Brian Ray at America's Rugby News that there was rumors that the Free Jacks were trying to get a big name signing before the end of the month, which was prior to April, right? And we were kind of speculating behind the scenes, you and I and Chris Lind, uh Ted Black, are all in a chat together as the outriders. So my th- first thought was, it's got to be um, Nate Ebner, co-owner of the team, former Patriot, also was a great rugby star um, in his own right, played for USA Sevens at the Olympics in Rio. Um, you know, he's getting a little bit uh, long in the tooth, but the guy could still flat out play rugby there's no doubt in my mind I think he's like 33 years old at this point has come off of a knee injury but I thought it made so much sense I mean he's the co-owner of the team and you know he wants to play rugby that is where his heart is he makes money with American football but his heart is in rugby so it just makes it made a lot of sense but ultimately that was not it so our sights kind of turned to Madison Hughes who has a Dartmouth connection USA Rugby 7 star you know has New England roots as well with his family so I thought that would be a logical choice he's stepped away from usa sevens so we were hoping that he would just slot into the 15s but the the question was where do you put him and it turned out to not be him as well we kept hearing whispers that like it wasn't these people so finally uh one of the things that i was well i was kind of floating this idea of conradi coming back and lo and behold it happened to be him so what was your first thought when you when you heard the news
0: no, oh, I mean I I was rejoicing. Um, <clears throat> he was so so good last season. Uh, first team, like all MLR team for the season, was he was selected as the eight man best eight in the league. Uh, you could definite would definitely argue that he was the form eight man, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. playing the best out of all of them. And uh, I mean, it earned him a call up to the Premier League. Like it, yeah. it he definitely played very well and was rewarded um he had a couple inner first he was away with Namibia and then he had a couple injuries so he didn't actually get a lot of playtime mm-hmm. um over at Gloucester but that's all about to change I think now that he's back in uh the USA we saw him at the match um you know he was walking around waving and boy am I excited to have him back He's
1: an absolute unit. I'm so excited. He was probably the best eight man in the league last year. I mean, some people in Seattle would be shouting at me right now if they heard this, which they might be listening to this because we are going to be talking about Seattle this week. They're coming to visit us, rookie and the crew. Um, so yeah, I mean, just an amazing player. We really loved having him last year um we kind of figured you know this is a part of the league right now with him leaving and going to the premiership you know probably making a ton more money of course it makes logical sense for him to make that jump to a higher level of competition but uh now he's back with us and it's happy days of course for our free jacks once again the rich get richer as as they say um yeah yeah. so it's, it's super exciting can't wait to see him on the field um Pretty cool stuff, but um, also there's some injury issues, and we'll kind of talk about some guys that left the pitch injured in the NOLA game, but uh, any concerns in your mind about – I mean, obviously we do have have depth on this team, but it's going to be tested with Harry Barlow looking like he's got a long-term injury. He posted that on Instagram. Um, We thought maybe it was not a bodily issue, um, but it seems to be uh, worse than we anticipated uh, initially. So thoughts on depth on the squad?
0: Yeah, Barlow's a big blow. He's a great finisher. Um somebody who was a roster guy week in and week out. Um the good news is both Mitch Wilson and Paul Balcona were at the game last week. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can only tell so much from the stands, but both walking around seemed, yeah. you know, to be moving fine and mm-hmm. hopefully that means that they're on their way back into the roster. Yep. Um they can cover that pretty well. Um Joe Johnston is another concern. He yep. looked like he, you know, armchair physio over here, but he looked like he did his knee uh, pretty good. The video of him working with the actual physio uh, <laughs> yeah. was not really promising. He looked like they quickly knew what was wrong and he was in a lot of pain, which to me is not a good combo, right? right. Like, oh, yeah. is it this? Yes, it's that. And it looked bad. Um, we don't have any real information and, you know, I, I wish these guys a really good recovery. Um, you know, their health is important to them you know, as pe- as athletes and just as people. So, yeah. um, you know, best wishes to them. Um, I am hopeful that with the depth that we have, you know, kind of an embarrassment of riches in the back mm-hmm. row and, uh, really the back three as well with a lot of guys available who can who can step up that the impact week to week is not going to be too great but we'll just have to wait and see who all is available the roster for the seattle match i think maybe the most anticipated free jacks roster of the uh season so far as we kind of see how those injuries shake out and who is coming back and those things
1: it's a great point also I, i do remember in the highlights seeing uh jack reeves as he gets his yellow card he is limping off of the field to sit down. So that's also a concern. A guy that can play center and wing as well um, may not be available. So we'll, we'll just have to see. There's a lot, obviously, we're, we're speculating here, um, mm-hmm. but it, it will be, you're right, it's going to be the most anticipated roster to date to see who's going to be playing and who's in the 23 on the bench. So uh yeah, just uh, obviously not free Jackson to use, but uh, some coach firings that's happened in the league. Um, DC let go of their head coach. I believe his last name was Douglas. He was there from the very beginning four-year ten year, essentially from the very beginning of the um dc organization um being let go uh and also um Recently, uh, Utah, Nate, as of today, uh, let everybody know that Sean Pittman would be leaving. Um, I think the bigger surprise would be Utah because he won the coach of the year last year. Um, D.C., a team that has really never been in the playoff hunt, if, if I can recall correctly. So that one kind of seemed like it, was, it made sense. But uh, Utah is a bit shocking. Obviously, their form this year, not very good uh, and not up to their standards. But uh, thoughts on that?
0: yeah that was basically the explanation that the organization gave for the uh Pittman. they wouldn't didn't even call it a, you know they have, have parted ways with you know uh Pittman the team it seemed like they went out of their way to not say anything bad about him yeah um they uh the message was a little bit hard to parse but the way it read to me was that they care a lot about both on field and off field. Values and performance and his off the field values and performance seemed like the team was very happy with that with him as a person and as a leader, the problem was that they were not getting the on the field results that they thought the quality of their squad uh merited, you know, and you can think of it as like the manager, you know, the GM or director of rugby type role. Mm -hmm. Their job is to put the pieces on the board and the coach's job is to win with the pieces they've got. Right. And they thought that the coach was not living up to that win with the pieces you've got sort of expectation. Um as far as DC goes, you know, Douglas was kind of on notice from the start of the season. Uh they didn't have a great season last year. Right. a couple good wins, you know, beat the free jacks in DC early on. uh, match we've talked about a lot. Um, the, again, the the pieces are there. The team made some moves to acquire some talented backs in the off season, and I think they just expected more than to go zero and seven. It, it kind of th- raises the curiosity in me. Of like, how many wins in those seven games would have been enough for him to keep his job? You know, and you think right. if they were two and five, he'd still be on? He'd get to finish out the season. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, you know, zero and seven is what they got and he is gone so it'll be interesting to see how things uh shake out for both of those teams with yep. their new interim coaches uh yeah. in utah the gm is stepping in as the coach for the oh, remainder of the season about that? how about They're, that yeah right <laughs> now he's gonna get to pick the pieces and uh yes. try to win with the pieces it's a lot though i mean that's a lot of work it is um, they they are keeping their assistant coaches in place so their hmm. forwards and backs coaches are remaining and the GM is stepping into that head coach role. So that will be interesting. Um, pretty interesting.
1: I'll tell you what, DC got a good one with their interim manager, Nate uh, Osborne, Nola Nate Osborne, who was there from the founding of that, uh, that uh, franchise there and built that thing up to be a playoff contender. I feel like every single year they were in the mix uh, there or thereabouts to be in the playoff hunt before he was fired before the beginning of the season. So good to see him uh, back in a job there um you know also not free jacks to use but just league news possible austin rebrand with a potential new owner gilchrist possibly stepping aside or selling the team rather is a better way to put that um just for fun here <laughs> if you were the austin new owner how so this team has been through several rebrands at this point what option are you going with as the rebrand rebrand that will stick that's tough i don't know austin that
0: well so i can't speak to what would really resonate with austin but Mm -hmm. my you know my thoughts are that choosing the the texas colors i I think you i think that you actually probably lose as many fans as you get Mm -hmm. by uh, tying your identity so close to a college Mm -hmm. um i know it's big in austin but uh, and it's you know one of the biggest schools in the u.s and all that Mm -hmm. but not everybody went there and if you if I think that if you're a casual fan, you see the colors that are the same as the university and you go, oh, okay, it's like a, you know, it's like a you know, university thing. You're going to think they're a little bit associated, or even if you don't, maybe you just don't care that much. It seems like that's who, oh, it's not for me. It's for the Texas fans. So I I do think a rebrand would help different colors. What colors? I don't know. I'm not a graphic designer, but <laughs> everybody says we want to keep Austin weird, right? Yes. That's the keep Austin weird. So, you know, me, man, let's get weird. Let's go right. with the Austin weird. You know, you could even spell it like W Y R D make it like a supernatural kind of thing, you know, okay. get out there with the uniforms. Yes. I want to see some like French top league level crazy stuff. Hmm. Uh, I mean, that's what I do. If I was in charge, uh, it's we'd interesting. be getting funky.
1: I was thinking that, you know, you should keep the Longhorn colors, but it's a great point that you're making that not everybody in Texas or in that surrounding area even um, are Longhorn fans. It's a very good point. Now, it is, I think, the largest school or it used to be uh, the largest undergrad population in the entire United States there in Austin. But I mean, that's just not enough to draw in you know, fans and keep them around. Um, so it might be a good idea to change the colors. There's been a lot of colors used in the MLR. There's a lot of reds out there, right? Um, so that we're kind of slim pickings on colors, but I have an idea just as you were talking about Austin's kind of a weird place, right? It's in, it's in Texas, but it's like, it's its own thing. Um, I'm thinking, you know, purple is not used. And purple is a, I mean, Minnesota Vikings, right? I mean, they rock those, yeah. they've been rocking those colors for a long time. I'd love to see purple. But in terms of a mascot, I mean, the AG's thing has got to go, right? I mean, you, you got to get rid of that. I mean, they, they have an already horrible nickname and they're just shortening it. So let's throw that out the window with the Gilchrist ownership. I'm thinking their mascot is a fox and it's super cute. So Austin foxes or, the, the actual answer to the rebrand is already there. It's just, it's ha- hidden in plain sight. Their development team has an amazing logo and they're called the outlaws, the Austin outlaws. Ooh, Ooh I love it. Right. It's got that Western like vibe. Oh, it's yeah. so sick. Yeah. And it Amen. has mm-hmm, absolutely lean into that. And then maybe just call the development squad, the junior outlaws or something, you know, something like that. But yeah, I think yeah. That it's just been there the whole time and they just haven't utilized that. So I think that's what they would go. They should go with. But let's get to our game um, here. Let's talk about the review of the Nola game. Uh, what was your uh, game experience prior to kickoff? Uh, what did you What you get into?
0: Yeah, my I was thrilled to bring my girls to Veterans Memorial Stadium for the first time. My wife had been uh, last season for the Atlanta game, but we left the kids with the the grandparents for that one. So this was my four year old and eight year old's first Veterans Memorial experience. Uh, we had a great time. We went and we got uh, late lunch at the Fowler House Cafe, nice. um, walked up after that, played a little bit at the playground that's right across the street. Really, you know, that's that's clutch. If you've got kids, uh, get, let them get a little bit of energy out for, you know, 20, 25 minutes before we go in and sit in the stands. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came in, saw, you know, it's great to be a regular every time you come in. I'm sure you have the same experience. Now when you go to all the games, you see everybody, you know, Jen and Daniel and, and everybody else, mm-hmm. uh, all the regulars kind of staff in the youth rugby tents. Uh, so, I mean, it was great. Uh, we went and sat in our seats pretty, pretty soon after we got there, we didn't walk around too much cause we'd been out having lunch and playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I didn't get to catch any of the sevens before, which, you know, if I wasn't bringing the family, I probably would have spent, you know, who knows how many hours there. But (laughs) they don't want to sit at Veterans Memorial Stadium for 12 hours, even if Mm -hmm. I do. So I got got outvoted on that. Um, But we had a great had a great time. We were really excited by the start of kickoff. I had promised my children cotton candy, you know, so they were behaving very well. And we're looking forward to their sugary goodness that was coming in the second half. So we had, uh, yeah, we had a great time. Parking seemed to be no problem. I got there a little bit later than I usually do. Still mm-hmm. got a parking spot all right. So,
1: yeah, they finally had the attendance out there for the preferred parking. So uh, it was very easy to get in there, P- tons of spaces. Um, my girlfriend and I, we went to a vegan place in Cambridge prior to the game uh, and then showed up, I hung out at the Tailgate for a little bit, and then headed on into the game. I passed out all of my QR code stickers, so those are out in the world now. I think 50 in total um, have been sent out to people, so hopefully those are they're sticking those in random places so people can uh, take a photo and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. Uh, got some storm along. Um, storm along was there. They sold out. I saw a lot of storm along in people's hands. Um, Not this exact one. This is the legendary dry, everybody. Yeah, Boston Heirloom. Very nice. The Boston
0: Heirloom. This Storm Along Cider features Baldwin (laughs) apples. Yes, Um, it does. Um, Bread right here in Woburn, Massachusetts. That's true. At Baldwin House uh, here in town. Big local connection for me, so I had to go with the Boston Heirloom
1: very cool uh, they have the unfiltered at the games and my understanding is they sold out of all of the units that they had there so that's fantastic a lot yeah. of people came up to me and said that they tried uh, storm along for the first time or purchased it prior to the game because of the sponsorship so that's awesome uh, super excited about that it's high quality stuff guys I mean it's it's grown uh, it's made right here in Massachusetts or right here in the New England area from um, orchards in New England so you can't get much better at too much better than yeah. that and they don't compromise on ingredients it's all 100 the real stuff not from concentrate.
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot of cider is made from concentrate and then you know watered back down to, yeah. to and and one of the great things about storm along is they don't they don't use concentrate they use you know the real deal apple the juice
1: yes sir so i was in a much better mood um i know that uh, you know I, I feel like this whole ranger community and just the free jacks fans in general it's just one big family so i know that people you know may have heard the show and, or maybe saw me at the game and it didn't you know they thought maybe oh he's a, he must be in a bad mood for some reason a lot of people came up to me and was like checking on me for this game and like i just had a better experience you know i took photos with people i was joking around with people so it was awesome i really enjoyed it so glad that you know i was able to get out there and i won 50 dollars for a gift card because of my costume that was an 80s yeah. themed i've got uh, it ste- in my
0: i've got it in my notes on the game as i'm you know i rewatch oh, okay. and note all the scores and got yeah, 60 yeah, yeah. was it let me check
1: 63rd or 68th minute
0: 68th minute Phil wins costume contest
1: (laughs) yeah that was pretty cool um yeah so I'm excited about the upcoming game of course uh the kilt game for us and also the unicorn theme will be um I'm sure prevalent yeah exactly just like on Dave's head I actually this is this is just this is
0: merely a taste this little unicorn horn uh headband I'm wearing if you're listening on the podcast rather than you know watching on YouTube yeah got a little unicorn headband I borrowed from my daughter's and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be going much, much bigger, much louder this weekend for the actual Unicorn Festival. So I look forward to seeing everybody there.
1: Yes, uh, my cat uh, is looking forward to actually just hanging out with me, so she just jumped into my lap right now, guys. Um, This is Morticia that's up here, uh, if you can see that. But um, from here, let's talk about the actual game. Yes. So I did did write all of this down except for certain things that we'll talk about a little bit later on. So um, for those people that know what's going on, buckle up, because it could get bumpy here. Um, (laughs) the, The Jacks showed how keen they were for this game at Fort Quincy with a stabbing kick by Waka less than two minutes in that took a massive bounce that was a nightmare for nola to defend um two quick offloads and the boys are See, this is what i'm talking about guys i can't even read Oh, the boys in red found the edge uh, of the tries on there with uh larue milan who is everybody's favorite player right now it seems uh diving yes. over conversion off the post and in seven to zero jack's amazing start for the boys Waka was feeling very confident with his crossfield kick after that. It found rookie Zach Bastris, who's having a fantastic run right now on the wing, um, in the tri-zone, an amazing play where Zach ripped the ball away from the NOLA player. I watched that in the highlights. I didn't realize that in the actual game watching it. I'll tell you this. I've noticed this, like, you're not really, it's weird because you're there at the game, but you're really missing a, quite a bit. If you're looking around or talking to somebody or looking at the big screen because it's so distracting, you're missing what's happening on the field quite often. I, I found myself doing that. So it's good that we have the highlights and replays of the games to watch. Um, so we ripped the ball away from the NOLA defender and grounded the ball. Walk a conversion at that point is no good, but it's 12 to zero, seven minutes in, a dream start for our Jacks. What was your thoughts?
0: Oh, man. I mean, we looked like we could, uh, you know, take on the world at that point. Uh, I mean, it was an an incredible first seven minutes. Um, Two um, fantastic kicks from Waka. We seemed to just be camped out in their half and scoring at will. Uh, It was, you know, really, really looking good at the beginning.
1: I agree. It, you know, it was quite the amazing offensive explosion there, um, and it wasn't done quite yet. What happens after that? is uh, Waka once again pulling the strings where there's a play. It's a switch play essentially with the backs there that sees Wayne Vanderbank, who was my MVP last week uh, in open space, diving in for a try right before the hydration bank. So this is uh, before the 20 minute mark. At this point, the Rangers were on cloud nine in the stands. Conversion this time is good. So it's 19 to zero prior to 20 minutes into the game. Um, At this point, I'll tell you what, man, uh, I was feeling real good about this team and and what was going on in front of us. I kept saying to people like NOLA doesn't want any of this because they looked absolutely stunned. They had to circle up uh, prior to that conversion um, on that one. Just I'm sure that they're like, boys, what are we doing here? We got to turn this thing around. We got to we got to do something. Um, David from Scrum of the Earth podcast walked over during the hydration break. And I'm so glad this never saw the light of day because. you know we did like a little you know 30 second video (laughs) and and boy this i mean when we're up like that it is not the time for me to be like neutral or any type of analysis i'm just like we're gonna win baby (laughs) you know like they don't want any of this like you know how i am um so yeah that was pretty cool but i'm so glad that that never saw the light of day because you know nola to their credit they did not fall apart they definitely could have said okay we're away from home. It's 20 minutes in. We're down by 19 points. Let's just, you know, mentally pack this thing up and, and get back on the bus. But they did not. Um, they they wanted to play spoilers for sure. So what happens after that is, uh, let's see here, to Nola's credit, they didn't uh, stop. They, they looked... Stunned at the very beginning, but started playing rugby, so that's good. Uh, their first strike happened with a long pass out wide into the corner for a try. Conversion is no good. 15 to 19, Jackson on type pop right before the half though this was an amazing and I think this might have been got the biggest pop of the crowd if you will for the entire game um what happens is uh Jacks are on top at that point but right before the half an awful long pass by Nola which was by Coleman our buddy um is uh gobbled up by Barlow who kicks it down the pitch local man cam davidowitz okay uh puts on the afterburners uh and runs it down diving over into the tri zone the crowd would absolutely nuts for this local kid conversion is got i think his whole family was there it seems like uh based yes. on the crowd um toys, literally literally have a bus have you seen their bus uh, it's they have incredible. A, the
0: davidowitz rugby yes bus yes that they load everybody into and park in that preferred lot it's incredible it's pretty so yeah wild. they were definitely all there <laughs> that's fantastic 26 the population five. of Haverhill as, uh, yes. uh, as
1: they said at the beginning it was boy, like I, a good, I'll tell you a what I looked over at my moment. girlfriend when uh when he said Haverhill and I was like mm, I, I really hope somebody uh says something to Ollie our boy uh the uh the Hong Kong uh, resident there or native yeah. rather um uh, 26 they, uh... to 5 yep
0: yeah no it's just it's just yeah, there's, there's a, a, a nice urban myth about a, a phone scam claiming to be the Haverhill Bank that nobody fell for, because <laughs> if you're a bank in Haverhill, you're not going to call yourself the Haverhill Bank.
1: That's true. That's true. Uh, so yeah, 26 to 5 uh, was the score at halftime. What are your f- overall first half thoughts, David? Um, you know, we, we let our foot off
0: the gas a little bit, but we're still in control, I think is what I was thinking mm-hmm. at, at halftime. Yep. Um, that it looked good? Uh, obviously the first 20 minutes looked better than the next 20 minutes, but you know, they, they only squeaked one try out of it. Mm -hmm. That try, it looked like maybe the forwards didn't fold around the ruck adequately. It it looked like they were basically only backs defending that side, which is why Nola had so much space out wide. Uh, And we saw Zach bastards have to line up in the centers and then just come screaming out. And he, he made the tackle, just not in time to stop the try. You know, the guy got over the line and got it down. Um, so it was like, oh, okay, you know, just a fundamental error there probably, right? Just yeah. got to get those guys folding around and make sure we have uh, our defense allocated properly on both sides of the ruck. Um, but you know, still still
1: felt pretty good. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you're not thinking that Nola's going to have some sort of triumphant return here and, and and march their way back into this game. You're just thinking, okay, it was just a blip. You know, we're, we're still in control of the game. But here's what happened, guys. Uh, right out of the gate in the second half, J.P. elof who's a hell of a player, uh, breaks away and is able to find Stevens, who is their scrum half. Our wings collided into the padded post in a scary moment for all involved. The try is awarded, but Barlow had to be subbed off with a serious injury and boy it it looked like he was in a car crash uh, up against the actual post there the way his body just flung around Um, it was it's pretty scary for a moment there Uh, we were really concerned for him. But um, you know, gets substituted off. Um, I think at that point, Jack Reeves comes on for him. Um, so that's a little deflating, right? I mean, I, I imagine for the team it also is as well. You got to kind of circle up and, and try to focus on stuff because you're so worried with, for the the health of, uh, of Harry in that moment. The conversion is good. It's twenty six to twelve. The Nola is right on the the on the back. Oh, excuse me, on, on right on back on the front foot, um, and. It's a pick and go right on the try zone to see norla score with Dino Waldron, who's in a great American young talent there at prop conversion is good. 26 to 19. How are you feeling at that point, David? At, th- at this point they've scored what three tries or, or excuse me, two tries unanswered.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that the, the moment where Barlow got hurt definitely seemed like a big momentum swing Uh, it's easy to say that in hindsight, you know, I don't know if maybe the guys on the field would feel the same way, but you're right that those kind of moments can be a little bit perilous for a team. It's always tough to see one of your teammates get hurt. Um, and you know, I don't know. It seems like it's worse when it's kind of a freak incident like that. You know what I mean? Like when it's, when it's just a big hit and somebody goes down, that's kind of like, ah, that's rugby, but having three players collide into the goalposts like, like they did, it just, you know, it's an odd moment. Um, and for them to, and then, you know, immediately come back and score again, uh, you could definitely feel that Nola came out from halftime with a lot more energy than they had gone in to the break with, you know, I don't know what Cam Dolan said in the locker room at the half, but, you know, as coaches like to say, they had some words and it was effective. It seemed like.
1: Oh, Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You know, the problem is after that, um, you know, it, it's 52 minutes in and NOLA is threatening again. Unfortunately, uh, it's a line out uh, to mall try. Uh, Leaves the Rangers in the crowd stunned and the Jacks on the field looking for answers for sure. Try was scored by J.P. Duplessis as the backs joined in on the mall to get it over the line. Conversion is good. And now it's three unanswered tries by Nola and it's all tied up. you know, just something that you would not have anticipated. Obviously, the first 20 minutes are just golden as a Free Jacks fan. You're high five and everybody around you. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, uh oh. And then you're remembering, because I know for sure in my mind, after what happens next, is NOLA takes the lead with uh, their scrum half kicking a penalty kick through the uprights that's successful and they go ahead by three points. Um, I'm having flashbacks of last year at Fort Quinn's, uh, excuse me, Fort Union Point. Uh, it came rolling back into my mind of how this team, um, I think they're the only team, I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. They're the only team that we have a losing record to. Uh, prior mm-hmm. to this game, they had won three games, win, won, one. Um, so, and it, of course they broke our hearts and knocked us off of the playoff path last year as the only, they're the only team in existence that has beaten us on our home soil from Fort, uh, Fort Union Point and Fort Quincy combined. So that was something that I did not want to see, and I was just having those thoughts in my mind that um, this team is just just has our number. Uh, But thankfully, that was not the case, and the reason for that is – let me see here. Uh, The Jacks would not be denied, Dave. This is the thing that this team has exhibited time and time again, and this is even going back to last year this team is built with grit naturally it's not something they have to you know perform or fake do it's just mm-hmm. something that they naturally have this team does not give up Um, They could have just said, okay, this is not our day. This team has roared back into this game and we're just going to let them take control and we'll just, you know, limp back out of here. We're still, you know, uh, a team that could be in in first place at that point still. um, And, uh, you know, it could have been a situation where you've got two losses on the year. It's not too bad, right? That could have been something that they had thought of but they didn't uh right
0: especially when nola went up in the 63rd minute with that penalty so they're up 29 to 26 at that point and we've you know we have
1: relinquished the lead that's correct what happens directly after this so right after the conversion kick waka is kicking to nola because they just scored uh that penalty kick uh right after the kickoff the jacks do um go down and get the ball in a bang-bang sequence of events that sees O'Gorman, who had just come onto the field, by the way, Mm. uh, as a substitute, offload to Foster DeWitt, who could have easily at that point because the pass was behind him. He had to really turn his body and extend his arm to catch that ball. And even as he was bringing it to him, I think he could have knocked it on in that moment. But thankfully, he did in great hands to hold on to the ball and steam forward. And he scores an amazing response try that sees the Jacks take over the lead once again. Conversion is good. At that point, it is 33 to 29. The Jacks really made it hard for themselves, unfortunately though, uh, defending the lead as uh, Jack Reeves has a cynical knock on. So he extended his arm where he probably wasn't going to be able to intercept the pass to try to essentially knock down the ball to avoid the, uh, the player from you know, to receiving the pass to just take off. So that is a 10-minute send-in visit for, uh, for him. He limps off, as I was saying earlier with injuries. He limps off. He doesn't just walk off with his head down. He actually, there seems like there's an issue with his leg. He's limping off the field there. Um, so he's gone for the remainder of the game because that was 74 minutes in. So from there, um, a very yeah. controversial moment that I want you to um, kind of talk us through if you can. Uh,
0: the, his card? Uh, no, that was oh, okay. Pretty, I was going to say, I don't dry. think that one was controversial. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, that was, it was a clear yellow. All. Yeah. He, so, um, he was reaching up with one hand, you know, it, yeah. it was, it was a pretty good call. Very uh, easy Are call. You, you mean the, uh, the forward pass? Sure. Sure. Forward pass? Yep. Yeah. That one would, to me, um, also pretty clear. Everybody yes. in the stands, uh, knew it was forward. I happen to be. It was like directly in front of me was the release point for the pass. Mm-hmm. So I, that I'm sure that that colors how clear it seemed to me. I was in a really good position. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be tough, especially if you're close It's to the, you know, just a little bit off center. It can be really tough to judge the drift, but uh, the ball goes four yards forward. Yes. Um, it was a really clear forward pass. I will say, I saw, I think, a comment on the match thread on Reddit where yeah, somebody, an fans, exactly said like, That's exactly what I'm
1: talking about. Yes, sir. It,
0: it didn't even need to be forward. Like, he could have thrown a flat pass. Mm. Not that the pass wasn't forward. Yes. But that, like, if he had just thrown a flat pass mm-hmm. instead of a forward pass, oh, yep, he still would have made it out to the wing and it might have been a try. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the pressure wasn't really on. Uh, really, it looked like a footwork problem. You know, the player had to kind of, he danced around a little bit and then had to throw the pass sort of going backwards mm-hmm. instead of forwards and that's you know just not how you practice passing in rugby true. So that probably played into it and uh he hucked it really clearly forwards um yep and it, it got reviewed by the tmo and then correctly was called back i'm sure you know the homers down in nola right uh, you know who knows how many of them think it was, that was
2: never
1: forward but right uh, it, was. it definitely was. Yeah. The reason I, I, I let you take over there and, and said it was a controversial moment is because you're, you're picking up on that thread that you were referring to there with regard to a, a NOLA guy, obviously a homer. God bless you out there, whoever you are uh, talking about how it was. Uh, it was not a forward pass, uh, but uh, it certainly was everybody that had eyes that were in the stands immediately said it was forward.
0: Yeah, um, I was I it was so forward that I wasn't even worried. I mean, right. I, there to me, there was not any possibility that the tmo was going to review it and say that it was it was backwards as soon as right. scott lawrence uh yes not scott lawrence uh, scott green scott sorry. scott green. wrong, wrong yeah. cool scott in the mlr yeah. uh as as soon as scott green the jacked ref himself yes uh, you know gave the the tmo sign i was like okay we're good yeah. like we're we're fine this is not a try they're going to be coming back for a scrum
1: hmm I turned around and, you know, uh, I'm right there at the the press box, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and inside of there is our coaches, uh, Scott Matthew and Mike Rogers. And I'm just like doing the sign and they're like, yeah, we, we got it. Pat. Yeah. Thanks, Phil. We, we got it. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> we noticed. Yeah, we noticed. Yeah, exactly. Um but, uh, yeah, so what happens, of course, is that it's a forward pass that leads to a try that is obviously called back by the uh, the TMO, I imagine, uh, took that call there. Um, and ultimately, it's a situation where Nola had the opportunity, but just the execution was not there for them to take the lead and win the game. So um, from there, it's pretty much, you know, it's all over, but the shouting, if you will, uh, the TMO determined that it would be – it was a forward pass, that Jack's win against – jack jacks now okay i don't i can't read this shit. so i'll just go ahead and say that what happens is the jacks win the game (laughs) yeah um and it's by the skin of their teeth is basically what i wrote down um what were your overall thoughts for the entire game Dave?
0: yeah uh i thought there were some positives um the line out was improved um we did lose one line out i think uh looking over the stats Um, Set piece overall was good. A lot of the control that we exercised toward the end of the game was thanks to a good solid scrum and, you know, just working the clock through some phases after we uh, kept the ball. Um, Kicking was very excellent. Waka's boot remains amazing, not just tactical kicking but you know, it was a Waka kick that set up the Milan try. It was a Waka kick that set up the Zach Baster's try. It was a Waka kick of a restart, really excellent kick uh, kickoff that set up the Foster DeWitt try. Um, just phenomenal kicking from Waka. Uh, We, you know, I think we take it for granted a little bit, just how good he is with uh, the boot. So it's worth it's worth not taking for granted and and saying how excellent that he was in particular in this Nolan game. Um, As you mentioned, I wrote as one of the positives that in some ways it was like a last season victory. We got it done with our backs against the wall. Um, So we showed that we can still do that. Go losing the lead in the 63rd minute. Um, especially kind of in the way that we did how much energy nola had in that 23 or so minutes where they scored mm-hmm. you know 20 21 sorry not 21 24 points in um 23 minutes <clears throat> which is pretty fantastic more than a point a minute yeah that's a crazy pace to be scoring at um yep. so like you said we easily you know a lesser team could have thrown in the towel there yeah so that was positive That they just kept up the fight, maintained control, played their game, and and eked out the win. Um, The problem is that we kind of put our own backs against the wall in this one. No kidding. Um, It might be the worst performance we've had this season, which is, you know, not saying something bad about the team as much as it's saying something good about the team. If One of our worst performances is a win, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was a lot of stuff that we haven't seen that was not so clean um I thought the stats were gonna bear out that like we allowed more line breaks and we missed a lot more tackles and we didn't have any turnovers I went through the MLR app that has all the stats and looked at the games the numbers were actually about the same Uh, it was pretty on par with the Atlanta game and with the Austin game and with the New York game um in terms of tackles made tackles missed line breaks allowed uh turnovers one I thought we had three in this game which I thought was going to be really low but looking back it's only like one or two fewer than we've had at peak against some of the good teams um so if the stats match then to me it's probably was what isn't in the stats which is just the quality of those tackles we made um the significance of the line breaks that Nola got Um, that isn't tracked, just a line breaks a line break, whether it's, you know, 10 meters or 30 meters. It looked like they uh, maybe through some good coaching, they identified some good gaps to attack. And they were able to consistently exploit our defensive look, I think. Um, They ran at the right players. Uh, They ran these kind of weird, soft, loopy lines a lot of the time but they worked, they were kind of running in arcs, which you're taught not to do, but it looked like they had a plan and the plan worked. Um, yeah. So I, th- I really have a lot of faith in our coaching core to, to be able to look at that video, you know, and really analyze what was happening. Um, I think what we need are uh, better quality in those tackles. We saw guys getting bumped off a little bit like they haven't been in past games uh, part of that is you know nola's no pushover their centers in particular are just good hard running centers and it's it'd be tough to bring those guys down at full pace um and we saw that a little bit but i think that's where they're going to target some improvement maybe defensive cohesion so that they can't hit those gaps so easily and just bringing the quality and it's particularly the physicality and dominance of our tackles back, which was a little bit missing in this game. I don't think we didn't see as many dominant tackles as we have in past uh, past games, because we've really be able, been able to hammer teams mm-hmm. back yep. um, and hit them and keep them behind the game line, which really makes it hard to get your offense going. Mm-hmm.
1: I think Nola was able to, you know, get past our gain line, which we don't really – we haven't seen that much this year. And when we were scrambling our defense, we didn't look as crisp as we have in previous weeks. So I think it's – there's something, you know, to say about that. I think Nola – You know, they they withheld the offensive explosions in the first 20 minutes. They regrouped. They did a hell of a job to take the lead there. It's just, you know, ultimately it came down to just uh, a forward pass. Otherwise, they could have won that. They could have stolen that win um, right right out from under us there um, at home, which is which is crazy to think about. But these things happen to other teams, (laughs) Dave, like they lose (laughs) at home. It's wild to think about. Right. Yeah, uh, it does. happen. Those poor fans. I know exactly. Yeah. You come, you, you enjoy yourself and then you have to leave upset. It's wild to think about, but, uh, it happens all across the league. Um, so yeah, um, just some final thoughts here. Actually, I'm going to go to um, our buddy from the desk of Ranger John. He's been uh, emailing us every single week. In fact, he made the same mistake. It's very interesting that you talked about this with our the referee. He meant he said he, his name was Scott Lawrence, but obviously it's Scott. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, Scott Green. Yes. yes. So he made that same mistake um, at the that's game. funny. And Everybody's got Scott Lawrence right? on the brain. Right. Yeah. Um, let's talk about what Ranger John, uh, from his writings here. He said that magic man Milan, uh, scores a beautiful try. He is on fire. Uh, Wayne Vanderbank along with a, a Wayne Vanderbank, along with a scoring, scoring a try to put an, put in an awesome shift, great support and hard running. Is there a better combination of centers and MLR right now? And then this is just my own thought, because as soon as I saw that, I I wrote, it's interesting to note that because the, uh, because the beginning of the season, there was a, it was one, it was one of the biggest question marks on the team is the center positions. And now, yes. you know, Ranger John is saying, is there a better combination of centers in the MLR right now, which is awesome. And it really tells you how awesome this organization is to find and identify this talent, scout this talent and bring them in That's TK and then being able to get these guys in the right position and all of that other stuff that goes into the coaching aspect of this to make sure that they're successful onto the field. That's Scott Matthews job. Um, and finally, and this is something that you've already answered in this segment here. He says, also, do you know where we can get statistics? It seems we only get uh, tidbits that are included in Team of the Week, for example. It would be nice to have a, a repository of that kind of information for numbers, number geeks like me. So the answer to that, as you were saying, is the MLR app, correct?
0: Yeah, MLR app has pretty decent uh, team wide statistics. So mm-hmm. it has things like tackles made, tackles missed, turnovers, lineouts won, lineouts lost, scrum, you know, all that clean breaks. <clears throat> and that's where, that's where I get my stats from. I know there is, MLR has a much more robust internal stats platform. I know that because, um, some analysts have access to it Mm -hmm. uh we don't obviously so the the data is out there i really would love to see that um two areas where i would love to see a lot of transparent more transparency in mlr as i I tweeted today about um injury reports really like to see that standardized across the league that we get some injury reports um some kind of system where fans and teams can find out what's going on with guys and whether they're you know, out for a week or out for a month or indefinite. Um, the other area is stats. Mm-hmm. Fans like stats. There's a lot of numbers geeks out there. I mean, you can't be a baseball fan without being a numbers geek. It's a whole right. sport built around looking at stats. Yep. So uh, I would love to have a more robust uh, look at stats, particularly broken down by player um, that we just currently don't have. Uh, but the MLR app on your phone is your best bet for. Uh, match statistics and is useful for looking back and comparing on a week to week basis.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great uh, you know resource. There is is the uh, M L R app. As you were saying, we we should have access to all this stuff. It's weird that it's not a thing. And it's, the league has gotten better about transparency, but this is one area that they should just open the gates because why not? Like this, you know, it's just. It's not yeah. state secrets it's very strange but uh, yeah see that. Mm-hmm. i mean my
0: guess would be just they don't have a guy on payroll whose job it is to maintain right. it and make it all public and keep it keep it updated and working mm-hmm. and all that that they're uh, hopefully they at least have a roadmap to get that out for to sure. the fans because i think there is a demand for it and if they you know they i'm sure they have engagement goals that they want to see in terms of attendance and You know viewership on the rugby network and and ratings on their national broadcasts and local broadcasts I think one thing that's going to help that is giving give the fans what they want which in this case is you know we want that granular data man we are we're data nerds we want to see it
1: for sure um, let's see here. I'm going to go jump over to my musket-sized pants tent. There are quite a few impressive players on NOLA's team, like J.P. Eloff and J.P. DuPacy, but I have to go with the genetic freak himself, Cam Dolan. <laughs> USA Eagle caps uh, 58 times. The guy's a problem on the pitch for every single team he faces. His size alone is just like what where i mean are you some sort of like superhero comic book superhero that's come to <laughs> life um to see him on the pitch uh among other people is just like it's it's startling how big yeah. he is um and he
0: moves so well for mm-hmm. a big guy yeah um particularly his you know his ability to poach um yeah. n- not shocking for a you know you coming he's coming up on 60 caps i think for the usa mm-hmm. yep. 58 um, so not guy. really surprising that a guy with that kind of pedigree and that much international experience Can poach the ball real well, but boy does he poach the ball real well! If you have even a little bit of exposure, he will get over that thing, and it's his.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he's fantastic. Would love to have him on the Free Jacks at some point, but uh, that that probably is not going to happen. But you know, just a a (laughs) nice little thing to think about, I guess. They got the
0: franchise tag on him down in Nolan, man. Exactly. Letting that
1: guy go, I don't blame him at all. I don't blame him. Uh, Let's talk about MVP, and since you are returning to the show after some illness, I'll let you go first
0: yeah this was really uh this is a little bit tough um I think everybody I already talked about how great Waka was he was fantastic um especially a little bit banged up like he clearly is with his leg all taped up he uh he's a trooper puts in amazing work um in Stadium they picked Cam uh as man of the match uh well-deserved Stadium went absolutely nuts there were so many people cheering for him Mm. in the Stadium it's really cool uh, to have a homegrown local guy out yep. there, not just playing, but playing really well. So that was yes. a good shout on broadcast. They went with Wayne Vanderbank. He also had a great game. He mm-hmm. um, gave a good interview, real humble. Uh, I think we have a lot more to see out of him. That was a good pick. But my man of the match is Zach Bastris.
1: Oh, my gosh, we did it again. Did we do it again? Yeah, uh, we you, did it again. Unanimity, uh, <laughs> you know,
0: it means, it means we're right, right? I we love it. Yeah. it. yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. Um, Baster's had a fantastic game. He caught both of those kicks early. Um, he This was his first start on the Free Jacks, and uh, he really went out and I think did everything in his power to put his name on his jersey. He's always looking to get stuck in. Uh, If you watch him around the rocks, man, he looks like a kid in a trampoline park, (laughs) like he has so much energy, 70 minutes in. I mean, he went in and put an absolute shellac on one of the Nola guys Mm -hmm. uh, toward the end of the game. And what that says, not just like he's physical and he's fast, which is true, he's physical and he's fast. I means 70 minutes in, he is still scanning and targeting and looking for opportunities where he can read the play and knows that he can get in and make that stick. That means, like, not just physically, but mentally, yep. he's still there and he is uh, looking to make an impact. He had a great match. Um, really happy for him. So I'm going with the speedster from Colorado, Zach Bastris.
1: Man, I I couldn't be happier for this kid, and I absolutely agree with you. I mean, there's a lot of guys. This one was very difficult, as you were saying, for me because, you know, we have so many worthy players of this invisible award that we give out. Um, But I'm going to give this one to a player that I I have not given this award to at all this season, a guy that was drafted in uh, in this year's third – or, excuse me, last year's third-round collegiate draft. The only remaining draft pick from this draft on this team – Kid that has kept his head down and has put in some quality shifts when his name has been called he gets his first start in this game he has lightning fast speed which is which was on display that great individual try of him chasing down that high kick and ripping it away from a nola defender was absolutely epic i'm so happy for this kid i contact him every once in a while he, uh, he loves to check in on his uh his rankings on the game that i uh, that i have the rugby balance <laughs> three he was very curious know what his speed rating was um, yeah
0: that i would the one practice i went and saw the players yeah. uh from what i could you know when i overheard i was not trying to eavesdrop too much but they were they were laughing about about how fast he is and uh at one point i think he they were running sprints and he was running a little bit farther than necessary and i think the joke was that he's you know he's trying to get that top you know they keep all the telemetrics and data and everything so they analyze it later and they were the joke was that zach's going for that top speed again you know he wants he wants to have the top speed at practice he's got some wheels yes he does
1: Um, yep and he's a New England Patriot fan, guys. So that's another thing to like about Zach. Um, so yeah, just a you know great player, great kid. Came onto the show after he was drafted. Just uh, seems so humble. You know he's got a, um, a he's uh, got a degree degree in um, criminal justice. He wants to be a, a police officer in the future. So just so happy for this kid, man. It's so cool to see a third round pick um, do so well. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah,
0: yeah. There was a there was a meme on the uh, M L R subreddit today uh you know it's the old uh change my mind meme and I it was that. you know zach bastros is going to be rookie of the year <laughs> change my mind was the post i thought wow. that was pretty good yeah i don't know he's got some stiff competition we'll talk about a little bit later in the show for mm-hmm. rookie of the year but uh you know he's if he keeps putting up performances like he did against nola you know he, he's gonna at least make an argument
1: absolutely um so that is gonna do it for our nola review um and I've got one word to get us out of here in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I am joined, as always, with my brother, David McVeigh. Dave, how the hell are you?
0: I am doing fantastic, Phil. Absolutely fantastic. Great to be back.
1: I'm sure you're super excited for another home game for the Free Jacks, this time against Seattle. Um, what are your initial thoughts for the Seattle team?
0: yeah they're um they're a good team two-time champions uh suffered a little bit in the 2020 2021 seasons obviously 2020 was shortened but Mm -hmm. um they you know the big story early this season was seattle has rebuilt the seawall their tremendous defense that, that helped them uh win the first two championships um you know in which they were able to when just by you know if you can stop the other team from scoring very much then you can stay in every game and that was kind of how they that's kind of how they did it yep um <clears throat> they have some fantastic players uh a couple guys in particular um are david Lopetti and Riker hatting mm-hmm. um and i do think that it's gonna be a tough game i think that as a defensive focused team we probably line up really well against them my biggest area for concern uh and it's a concern born out of ignorance and not knowing as much as I would like about defensive systems and the strategies you know behind the, their selection mm-hmm. is the way they <clears throat> they're really dangerous in two places um at in the 12 channel and out on the wing and they're dangerous in the 12 channel because of Tevito Lopetti, who is a strong contender for Rookie of the Year. Uh, he has burst onto the scene for Seattle in a big way. Uh, he runs lines so sharp they'll cut you if you look too close. <laughs> and he's just a very dangerous player, very exciting player. He's a guy I'm excited to get to see play in person. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Um, so he, anytime the ball is coming from the 10 to the 12, you know, minor danger, right? Mm-hmm. You get get a little bit of a clinch. Yeah. Um the other place is out on the wing. And that's because the system that Seattle uses, the 1331 system where you have one forward, usually one of your most mobile forwards, uh good attacker out on the wing with the winger, right? Like think of them as a team of two. Right. The the system name just refers to where the forwards are, but the backs are strung in there too. So one three three one your ones are your fast uh back row players almost mm-hmm. always sometimes a hooker will make their way out there as well um just depends on the personnel you have on your team and then in the middle you have two pods of three the rest of the forwards split mm-hmm. into two pods so three guys here three guys here lets you move the ball really quickly side to side you know what they call that east to west you know coast to coast style rugby mm-hmm. um you can pass it to those pods and they can j- Throw the ball, what they call out the back, which means you know that forward catches it and then he turns and throws a pretty steep pass backwards to a back who's waiting. Free Jacks do this too. You know, this is something you can look for in the free Jacks games, yes. um, especially those out the back passes are like a really good tell that you're like, oh, they're doing the system thing, right? Riker Hatting is one of the ones he works with the wings out on the edge, usually on the right, from what I've seen. So he is kind of the complete package as a player he is uh strong he's long and he's fast so he can run guys over he can eat a tackle maybe break away he's got an amazing fend really good stiff arm problematic if you try to go high on him at all which means you got to go low and so when you go low he's got these long arms he can always get away and get an offload to the winger who's there and the wings whole job is to get the last pass and score Mm -hmm. right So it makes Seattle dangerous out in that area. And um, Rikert Hadding, he's, he's got some of the top like meters gained stats for the league Mm -hmm. um, for the season. Like he, he just gets these long, long runs where he, you know, maybe stiff arms, one guy and, you know, bowls another guy over and he's gone 40 yards before you can blink Uh, 40 meters. Sorry, rugby. Um, So that is what, to watch for as a fan you know Mm -hmm. and the big question to me is we run a defensive system where we give that edge to the teams like we we play it in tight and we come up hard and your options you can't really use your midfield you you kind of your only choice is to spin it wide out to that Mm -hmm. you run it either run it tight or to spin it all the way out wide to um the the edge where we're kind of want you to go and then we're going to drift over and defend using the sideline and all that stuff does that work very well against Reichert Hadding, and anyone with a pulse out there on the <laughs> wing not right. to be disparaging as Seattle's wingers they're good as well but you know my point is that he is so good in that situation where he's got the ball out there and he's just gonna run and he's gonna work your defense and create an opportunity for somebody else to then get through and score so it's going to be very interesting to see how we choose to defend their threats uh, yes. we can't abandon the midfield because they have to be the petty there so we've got to come in and shut that down but if we shut that down in the way that we usually shut down an attack um does that make us vulnerable to you know the
1: Hanning duo out on the wing uh,
0: i don't have a good answer to that question i am looking forward to finding out on saturday
1: yeah, I tell you what, man. He is he is terrifying. He's probably the best forward in the league right now. He 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 has the I think the distinction of being the player of the month last month.
0: Yes, he was for, the player of the month for March. Right. So, Bodine Walker was the player of the month for yep. February, and uh, Riker Hadding was the player of the month for March. So that should give fans a good idea of yep. the level of you know impact that we're talking about this guy having
1: the guy's playing at a very very high level of rugby right now it's it's uh he, he's a problem we talked about cam dolan in the previous segment being a problem for every team he faces well wait until you see this guy like this guy is legit yeah. um he could be playing at a higher level there's no doubt in my mind there's no doubt um yeah. seattle's lucky to have him for sure or any team in mlr would be lucky to have him it you know i imagine that i think he's a usa capped at this point is that Correct. I think yes. I think
0: yeah I think he went on the England Ireland tour yes um, yep. last year um, um yeah I to me Cam Dolan and Riker Hadding are kind of flip sides of the genetic freak mm-hmm. eight man coin yep. uh Dolan is really disruptive he's mm-hmm. a huge problem in the line out yep. he's a poach monster you know sniper extraordinaire um and uh he he runs the ball very well as well. But but to me, he's more of a defensive problem and a set piece nuisance that that's yes. what is most significant about him as you watch what you yep. what you observe. Hatting is an offensive powerhouse, you know, he, mm-hmm. he he's good in the set piece and in defense mm-hmm. as well. But where you notice him on the field is on attack when he's got the ball in hand, you know, every time it's a little bit electric.
1: I, yeah, I mean, absolutely correct on that. I just wonder about the Seattle team. This is a team that, as I'm looking at the Western Conference standings, they are four and four right now. Um, same as Houston Sabercats, who've been a bit bipolar. You know, seawall was a thing again until it wasn't, you know, after yeah. the beginning of the season. Um, I just don't know what Seattle team is going to show up. You know, they're a little bit bipolar here with, with what, they do on the pitch and and who's going to be showing up in this game they have to travel what might be the worst travel in the entire league going from seattle coming across the country to the east to New England, that that's one hell of a, a trip. It's going to be taxing on their bodies for sure. Now, this is a team in Seattle. They, everybody talks about this in American football. It's almost like y- every time you mention the Seattle Seahawks, you're going to hear how much they travel. But it's the same thing for the, uh, the Seawolves. They are isolated in that corner of the, uh, the, the country where they have to, regardless of where they're going to see another team, they've got to travel a long way. Like in the northeast, we have – D.C. and we have New York, those are not yeah. terrible trips to make. But for those guys, I mean, and by the way, this kind of brings me, I'm, I'm jumping around here a little bit, but their fans are fan. Fantastic. Um, They 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 show up. We've got we know for sure that uh, a gentleman named Matt, who's one of their super fans, at at the very least he's going to be coming over, and he has a team signed ball from the SeaWolves that he will be exchanging with me. Um, And I I we've made arrangements to make sure that the team for New England is going to be providing a ball to him in a ball exchange that will probably be happening on the pitch either during halftime or maybe prior to the game. So uh, and, and you know the Free Jacks bring it, man. They're the best organization. And major league rugby. So, they're going to be doing something a little bit of fun with the, the supporters of the uh, Sea Wolves that are very, going to be making the long trip across the country. And that brings me to uh, a little breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Our buddy Rucky, the Seawolf, a friend of the show for sure, um, let me on in a little secret. Dave, one of your favorite people in rugby is going to be making that trip. Broccoli guy is coming to Fort Quincy.
0: How
1: excited are you? Yes, yes, yeah. Oh my God. I was sitting here
0: thinking, like, I hadn't thought of it until now, but you know, I should bring a couple heads of broccoli to the game. (laughs) That'd be hilarious. You know, like, broccoli guys here in spirit. I cannot believe. Is he
1: really coming? Are you teasing me right no, now, Phil I'm Harris? I'm not. I'm not. I'm looking at Twitter right now. I just told him, you know, hello, how you doing? Rucky sent me over to you, and um, I hit, actually Rucky screenshot a conversation with uh, Broccoli Man and himself about him talking about he is coming. It is confirmed that he will be oh. at Fort Quincy on Saturday. So the superstar. Absolutely. Mr. Vegetable himself. Yes. Broccoli guy is making the trek from Seattle to New England. I think he's probably, I think he has some family in the New England area. I think that's what's happening. So, yeah, he's Uh, coming. He's coming to visit. uh, And it's going to be an amazing time. Bringing his sparkling
0: masculinity with him. Absolutely. Spreading it around, uh, you know, from Seattle to Boston. I and over the moon. You were right to surprise me <laughs> yeah. live with that cuz that yes. is fantastic news.
1: It's very cool. You know, I've got this huge swallow on my face. I mean, anytime you see the guy, you just kind of have to chuckle and just like, man, this is kind of yeah. it's it's weird, but it's not it's pretty cool, you know. <laughs> yeah, get get weird, man. Yes. Get weird. It's supposed to be fun.
0: The coolest thing about rugby is that rugby is radically inclusive. You can be as weird as you want to be, and if you can go out there and if you can play, yeah. You're, you can play man for sure like that's man. you know that's what it is you yep. make yourself a part of this community mm-hmm. you're a part of this community and the community's right. got your back it's for it's sure. really fantastic it's what kept me in rugby for so long it's why people talk about rugby saving their lives you yeah. know and it's just for like sure. a real thing you'll, you it's not hard to find google it and you'll hear people talking about how being in the rugby community really you know mm-hmm. is is one of the things that keeps them going in life um not just because they love playing but because of how supportive and inclusive and accepting it is mm-hmm. yep. so Absolutely thrilled that he is bringing his broccoli dancing and eating ways to Veterans Memorial Stadium.
1: Yep, super excited.
0: Something to do. Can you can you get broccoli bronzed? That's got. I wonder (laughs) who might have to Google bronzes things
1: nowadays. (laughs) We need we need some Paul Revere's. That's a great question. Yeah um so you know that's a great it's, it's awesome can't wait to meet him shake his hand you know uh hold the broccoli for a second maybe do a little dance with it or something <laughs> um but you know going back to the Seattle sea Wolves who will be coming to uh, to face us oh that's uh, right they're coming yes, too okay yes they're coming as well um right. so they're He's bringing his team with him Their point differential is this. They have 179 points. Uh, Points against is 167. That is a point differential of plus 12, whereas Houston, same conference, same record, is minus 26. They have 21 points. Um, The top in the league right now, in in terms of the Western Conference, is the Gilgronis with 28. So they're just kind of middle of the road. And for some reason, it might not be fair, but right at this moment, I'm thinking that Seattle is very similar to NOLA, the way that things have kind of shake uh, it out this season. Now, I know that Seattle has had some wins at home, if I recall. NOLA has yet to do that this season. They've been road warriors, but mm. I, I just kind of see them in the same type of mold. Like, I don't know which team is going to show up. Um, they're just kind of middle of the road, but they are dangerous. They have some dangerous qualities about them. And by the way, NOLA almost won that game against us last week. and almost broke our hearts again at home. Absolutely. So I, I, I think that Seattle could, has the potential to do the same thing. And, and the big question mark in my mind is, you know, this free Jacks team, if you compare them to Seattle, I think that we are a better team. The issue is, and the big question mark is who's going to be in our starting 23, what players are definitely going to be injured where they're not going to be able to play. Now, keep in mind that the bye week is next week for us, um, again. So there's a lot of players that really need this bye week to be resting up. And, um, and recovering but we've got to play seattle at home before we get to that point and i just hope the team do- isn't flat by any means i don't expect this of the free jacks i'm just kind of just going over my worst case scenarios right now yeah. i don't want to see them flat in this game and you know looking over seattle to the bye week um and then playing like crap and ended up losing a game for a team that has to travel so far to come see us um, and a team that you don't know who's going to show up so if they show up in a Uh, a mindset of wanting to play and looking for a W they have some dangerous players. Listen, guys, this eight man that they have is probably the best in the league. Now we've got a guy coming in who's an absolute monster and Conradi that can take over that number eight uh, Jersey from, you know, Terrell, God bless him, who's down in New Zealand dealing with some tragic events in his family. But we need a a monster to come in here, and hopefully that's Conradi. And I'm hoping that he starts in this game because we need him there. Think about this matchup. Conradi and Hadding, guys, it doesn't get much better than that. That's a heavyweight title fight. Clash
0: of the Titans right there.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that he – presumably he came in healthy – And we'll be able to hit the ground running, learn, you know, the system stuff that he's going to need to learn. And uh, hopefully we'll see him in the roster this weekend.
1: Absolutely. Um, So, in terms of moving over to the key to the game, you know, we're talking about all of the amazing supporters for uh, Seattle. Their their mascot is amazing. He's been a friend of this show from the very beginning. And by the way, we're celebrating one year in existence this little show in the month of April. Uh, Rucky has been on board since day one. Uh, Rucky confused us with the mascot of the Free Jacks at first, which is kind of funny. He thought like we were the the mascot. Uh, But from there, he you know, we've sent stuff to him. He sent stuff to us. We he's been on this show before in the form of a written form. And by the way, I kind of teased it earlier in this podcast. If you're only listening and you haven't seen any graphics, he is the um, the interview of the week <laughs> that's happening. <laughs> so, um, you know, their fans are fantastic. Can't wait to meet those guys, broccoli guys coming, which is fantastic. So my key to the game, though, is stay the course uh, for the Free Jacks. You've got bye week next week. You've got injuries uh, up and down this roster in certain areas. You can fill them in because you've got great depth on this team. But don't overlook this team that's coming in because they can be dangerous regardless of the travel that they have to come across we almost lost to a nola team that's kind of middle of the road similar to seattle in terms of the the standings right now so um my my key to the game is stay the course which means regardless of what takes place just make sure that you're playing your game to defeat these guys what do you got dave
0: yeah these guys are dirt dogs you know they're a little (laughs) bit like us like they play well with their back against the wall um they don't throw in the towel they keep they you know they go down swinging when they go down Mm -hmm. um so uh my my key to the game though is going to be uh that the free decks revive the turnover attack it was something that was a little bit lagging um in the nola match uh we didn't see it generating a, a bunch of huge opportunities like we have in previous matches Um, And I think that it is a really key component to our game plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Free Jacks work best as a team when the other team is scared to have the ball, Mm
1: -hmm. right?
0: Like Mm -hmm. that, that it it can get, uh, you know, you want to make the the other guys nervous to be on attack. Mm -hmm. And the way you do that is with that really lethal turnover attack where, you know, um, anytime you get the ball when they're not set, you're moving it wide, looking for space and making big ground. So, reviving the turnover attack, I think, is going to be really key uh, against the Seattle team coming in.
1: Couldn't agree more to that, man. You know, uh, this—I I just don't know how this is going to shake out, and my prediction kind of leans towards that. And I'm really leaning into also the the. Uh, n- Seattle equals NOLA factor here that might be just completely <laughs> made up so I'm going with the exact score line that we had last week I'm not going to pick uh, against my free jacks you know that guys so my prediction is Seattle 29 New England 33 and we get out of this one by the skin of our teeth going into Ooh. a bye week where we absolutely need it as a team to get some guys right uh, physically what about you Dave?
0: Yeah, pretty close to yours. Um, a little bit
1: lower. I had New
0: England 30, Seattle 24.
1: Okay. Yep. Uh, Rucky had, and you're, you're going to hear that uh, later on in a segment there, but Rucky has us 22 and Seattle 27. So he's got mm-hmm. uh, he's got us on upset alert here um, yeah. at home. So, yeah. That'd be, a, that'd be a pretty low score for these Free Jacks. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, anything else to add before we get out of here, Dave?
0: Um, just, uh, you know, it's unicorn day, Scotland yep. day, look yep. for the kilts, look for the, uh, Scotland flags. Um, it should be fun. I uh, can't wait for another great family festival, uh, at Veterans Memorial Stadium in Quincy. Um, this one I think is going to be pretty fun. I even saw Dougie Fife crack a smile, uh, <laughs> at the game on Saturday, uh, talk to somebody about it, I think. So, um, it's going to be good. It's going to be good.
1: Super exciting. Make sure you get your storm along at uh, the game, guys. I'm sure they'll be fully restocked on that. But uh, make sure you wear your kilt and bring your voices because it's, it's going to be needed for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, and also, yeah. you know, make sure you're wearing your unicorn gear. I've got a unicorn shirt that I'll be wearing along with my kilt. It's going to look fantastic. I'm planning on doing some face paint just like last year, but with a little ah, bit great. of a unicorn twist. Okay. So wait for that, guys. All
0: right. Yeah. I'm not showing my whole hand yet. Fair enough. This, fair you enough. know, we'll... We've got it. I've got I've got good things in store uh, Excellent. for the game as well. Excited. Um, so it should be good. And for anybody not aware, Unicorn, National Animal of Scotland. That Very, is the association yes. between the kilts and the uniforms and Dougie Fife and uh, Sean Jacobian as well. And you and Brummel, the strength yes. and conditioning coach. the true. Free Jack. So some yep. good Scotland connections on the team mm-hmm. and the organization is celebrating that with Unicorn Day. So, I mean, you get Scotland. I'm going to try to get some Iron Brew. There, uh, soda from Scotland. People Uh haven't had it. It's, uh, it's, it's something. It's got a lot of sugar, I'll tell you that. Oh boy. Um, should be a really, really good time, uh, celebrating Scotland and unicorns and rainbows. And I mean, that's a great trio right there.
1: Sounds amazing. Love it. Can't wait. I hope to see everybody there. Let's try to sell this place out, man. I, we had a really good crowd 3,000 people at the very least was there, um, at the last home game at Fort Quincy. We can do better than that, guys. Tell everybody, you know, get your ass down to Fort Quincy and let's have a blast with unicorns and, you know, Scottish people walking around with kilts on. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. So saddle up. Let's ride in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah, Woo. huzzah Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jack's Ranger Show. I am here with our buddy Rucky from the Seattle Seawolves, the two-time champion here. He is here with us, ladies and gentlemen. Can you believe it? Rucky, all the way in Seattle, has joined us. Uh, Rucky, I know that uh, I, you will, I'll be speaking for you today because I can translate, of course, but uh, we're excited to have you on the show, my friend. Um, you know, we, we did this last year. Yes, we did this last year where you were. Um, you provided your responses to our questions, but this year we wanted to actually have you on screen here. Uh, to be able to to show everybody that you are you're here really here with us <laughs> and looking good. So yeah, um everybody, by the way, I've got my storm along here. This is the legendary dry. It doesn't look like this. Uh, it's only because of the green screen that's making it look like this. I'm gonna put this down, but it's absolutely delicious. Um Rocky, I'm sure you would love to have some at some point soon. Yeah, of course, yes, absolutely. All right. So uh, first and foremost, Rucky did want to go ahead and uh, provide his condolences for our mate, uh, Terrell Pita, for his, who lost his parents. So prayers to him for sure in New Zealand. Um, all right, R- Rucky. So the first question was the identity of this year's Seattle Seawolves team. I was asking you what you know, who do you think this team is and your response? Of course, I'm translating at this point. Um, I think our identity is this year is scrappy which, you know, I, I absolutely agree with that. I think we have a great team that has some great coaches to make us better. Love my boys no matter what the outcome. So that's fantastic, Rocky. I know that you're a huge fan of your Seawolves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the next question that I asked you was, what does Seattle do well as a team and what do they need to improve to win this game? And your response, I'm just translating right now, Our seawall defense looks to have reemerged and we have some explosive backs. Yeah, seawall. Perfect. Yes, exactly. Um, And also what needs to improve? And of course you said, well, I would say my fin handling skills. Very funny. Very funny. Um, (laughs) so you're definitely staying neutral in that question. I know that you, you believe that they do everything very well. So that's great. And by the way, the shirt looks fantastic. It looks very good. Um, I'm just getting to notice that a little bit more now, right now. And it looks very, very, very nice. Yes. Very nice. Um, what about the free Jack's concern you on the pitch was my question to you and your response. And I'm just translating right now, your guys's speed and elusiveness but dude wipes product placement, very funny, very funny. <laughs> yes, yes. The product placement is uh, is very jarring at first when you first uh, when you first see it, for sure. Uh, your my next question to you was: What player should the Rangers be aware of on Seattle? Who is their danger man? And your response to that is going to be: I mean, how much time do you have? Very funny, very funny. How many weapons might as well be the West Coast Armory? Love that, love that. Very, very good. Great pun there. Uh, <laughs> who has the best hair in Seattle was my next question to you. And your response was, and I'm going to try to do my best here to pronounce these these folks, Lopeti Asia or A.J. Lamatimo? Okay, okay. And he's got the blonde hair, of course. Yes. All right. Perfect, perfect. And I, my final, well, one of my final questions to you was, what is your score prediction for the game, and why do you think it will shake out like that? And your response to me is going to be, okay, all right. I kind of knew that you were going to go this way, Rocky, to be honest with you. Uh, 27 to your Seawolves and uh, 22 to the Free Jacks. Is that right? Yes. And two stars beside of it. I get it. So you're you're, you're talking about the, the two championships. Yes, of course. Yes. So he's leaning down. He's going to grab something. Ah, yes. Yes. The championship bells. Very good. Very good. <laughs> awesome. 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 All right. And um, so you wanted to ask me a question. I know that I was able to, to get that going here. And what I'm gathering is, uh, let's see here. Uh, yes, you can definitely give a shout out. Go right ahead. Rookie's giving a shout-out, everybody. Um, our player, Dan Carell, and his wife, Candace have an amazing nonprofit called, okay? Yes. Happy Bundles. Help kids with cancer with a heart. I love that. That's a great cause, Rookie. And the next thing that he's going to show me is check them out on Instagram, Okay. And follow me <laughs> as well. Perfect. Love that. Yeah. Make sure you give, guys give Rucky the Seawolf a follow on Instagram. You will not regret it. Oh, I love it. He's got the stickers that I sent out to him there with the QR code. Thank you very much, Rucky. I appreciate that. Looks great, by the way. Fantastic. Great placement on there. All right. And your question to me, the final one here, is how do I get some of the Storm Along cider on the West Coast? And once again, Storm Along. This is not what the can looks like. It just happens to be the green screen making it look like this, guys. But this is the Legendary Dry. Their flagship... Product, I guess, is the best way to put it. Their flagship cider. Um, so my answer to you, Rucky, is I don't believe that they're out in Seattle or Washington State yet. The closest would be Utah. My understanding is, however, I've got an answer for you on that. You can use promo code T J R S for ten percent off your first online order by visiting their website at stormalong.com. Get their cider delivered right to your door or check out their nearest location to you. Um, You can do that on stormalong.com. So, yeah, uh, we can get that cider delivered right to you. Oh, yes, and by the way, guys, Rucky is so generous. He's such a generous person. He did donate to Phil's Last Ride. Um, he, he donated $25, which is fantastic. Thank you very much. That goes directly to, uh, the Massachusetts youth rugby organization. So we're trying to reach our goal of $2,000. We've got a great benefactor. That's going to, once we reach 2000, give $3,000 for a total of $5,000 to those young Rutgers out there in Massachusetts, which is fantastic. So let Rocky, let me show you my, uh, my hair. I'm going to pull down my, my earphones here. Look at that. Wow. Thank you very much, Rocky. I appreciate the applause. So that is because we have reached $500. We have exceeded that amount. So I did bleach my hair completely blonde. I look like a Targaryen reject from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes, Rocky finds that very funny. Um, but yeah, from here, we have now surpassed $750. So on the sides here, I'm going to be doing red and navy blue. So that'll be great. I will post those updates as they come in. We're probably going to wait about a week on that. But, yeah, it should be fun. Rocky, I appreciate you joining. I know that you're a great fan of the sea Wolves. They are coming to visit us here in New England this week. And I know some fans of yours are going to be joining um, us as well. Yep, they'll uh, are be heading out east to us to come see us. So we're excited to to host them. And we'll be exchanging a ball with them, a signed ball from your team. We'll be giving our team signed ball to them. So we're really excited to have those folks out here. Thank you very much, Rucky. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. You have yourself a great night. I'm going to say one word to get us out of here in three, two, one. Huzzah! Woo! All right, Rangers, send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Tell us how we did. Give us any feedback that you have for the show. Make sure to give us a five-star review. Keep in mind that we just recently got onto Apple Podcasts. Um, So if you can give us a five-star review, we would appreciate it. I've seen that we've gotten two five-star reviews so far, and one was from some gentleman called Mike Honcho. Not sure about that, but we appreciate the five-star review. And the like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube, guys. Uh, Don't forget that all of our our videos of our segments are also on YouTube, so we would appreciate that. And also, we like to do this pretty much every single episode. Today, in American Revolutionary War history, in 1776, the Continental Congress gave privateers permission to attack any and all British ships. And the Revolutionary War quote of the day is from Patrick Henry, I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Powerful words there from Patrick henry that'll do it for this episode of the jack's rangers show episode 35 brought to you by storm along really appreciate you hanging in there and riding with us all throughout these episodes rangers out there we appreciate you so saddle up let's ride beat seattle and i'll see you at fort quincy on saturday Woo huzzah baby